0: Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Heart of Purpose Podcast. I am so happy to have you join us today for a special interview with Lisa Whittle. And it's just a phenomenal topic that we discuss about emotions and feelings and honestly just getting through the hard good. And it's a conversation that I believe will be a blessing and an inspiration for all of you right now. So tune in and enjoy. Thank you, Lisa, for joining the podcast. I cannot wait to chat about your book and your podcast and all that life is bringing you. Thank you.
1: I'm excited to be here.
0: Oh, good, good. Yeah, so you just wrote The Hard Good, but this is your eighth book. Right, yeah, wow, you've been busy, girl. <laughs>
1: well, I'm old as dirt, Desiree. No, you are.
0: I'm, de- I'm looking at you right now. You don't look like a day past 28.
1: Oh my gosh, you're, you're really kind. No, yeah, it's my eighth book. Sometimes it's hard to believe, it's just take one book at a time, you know. Keep doing it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So have you just written consecutively?
1: You know, I've been writing since when? 2006. Um, And yeah, I I wrote two books back to back this time. I wrote Jesus over everything. And then I wrote The Hard Good. And this time it almost killed me because two (laughs) books back to back is hard. You know, you've just released a book. It's really a whole lot. And this book I poured a lot into. I poured a lot into the last book um, and then Bible studies that go with it. So yeah, it's been a lot of
0: stuff and your podcast. So you've been yeah. really, really busy. Um, just yeah. to give listeners a little bit more, um, background of what you do, who you are. Can you tell us a little bit more about the beginning? Because I do know, you know, you grew up as a pastor's daughter, grew up yeah. in the church. So how did that truly inspire and impact you to where you are now ministering and speaking and writing and encouraging people to choose Jesus over everything?
1: Yeah. Well, it, I mean, it affected my whole life because, you know, when you're born into ministry, when you're born into a pastor's family, it's a, it's a weird, wonderful world, honestly. Um, I didn't want to do anything that I'm doing now. It's not something that I was like, oh, I think I want to enter back into um, a weird glass house type of situation, you know? Um, And in my case, Desiree, my father had a very public ministry fall, So, yeah, so that makes you even more hesitant. But I have loved Jesus for my whole life and he's the only thing that's made sense to me and he's been my constant and so for me it's an outflow of my heart and uh i'm also a pragmatist so for me i my my faith is practical and he is um the thing that has made sense so um it's informed my life and then um actually the reason why i even started writing which is a whole weird side road but my husband lost his job when we had three kids kids under the age of four and um so I started accidentally writing and that's how (laughs) I got here so
0: that's wonderful because it wasn't no it wasn't an accident
1: yeah God had a plan in there yeah there was a plan yeah there was a plan
0: so the hard good um this is like what inspired you to write this book right after Mm -hmm. your Jesus over everything book and what Mm -hmm. what is your intention and what's your meaning behind the hard good
1: well, my father died in 2017. He was my favorite person in the world. Um, and there's a lot of legacy pieces to that because, you know, it was, you know, like I, as I said, it was a weird, wonderful world I grew up in as his daughter. I also watched him struggle. I had a front row seat to watch a man um, who wrestled a lot with his faith in his life. And so, you um, and I really felt like the Lord was saying, you know, what are you going to do with all, you know, Lisa, you, you, you know, and have watched a lot. And it wasn't really a call to, it wasn't a call to busyness because I was already busy, right. You know, I, had, I have a full family. I was already writing. I was already speaking, but it was really a call to say, you know, how can you use the hard places of your life and uh, allow me to use those for a bigger purpose? and um, you know, utilize that. And so, um, that became part of the process for this book. Of course, there's a lot more to it, but that was, that was a, a big part of it. Um, this book was always a part of sort of a three book idea that the Lord gave me. One was Jesus over everything, then the hard good. And then there'll be a third book eventually wow. that I'll write. Yeah. So, um, but, but yeah, it was, it's, it's a very important book to me. It's very tender. Um, uh, but also, uh, practical because that's how I approach faith,
0: which is actually really great, especially for anyone struggling because they don't want to just hear, you know, the mushy stuff or that they can't comprehend. They want to hear just simple, pragmatic ways to understand faith. And so in your book, you offer 10, like how to navigate 10 different circumstances that Yeah. We all like approach at some point in our life. Can you kind mm-hmm. of go through some of those different circumstances and and why you wanted to speak into those different circumstances?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Th- it's funny because when people hear the title, The Hard Good, they imagine they imagine that this is just a pain to purpose book, which I mean, there we do cover things like deep grief, like you know, making peace with your life when it's brought loss. And I brought in my my dear friend Beth to talk about her you know, deep losses, losing her father and losing her son, um, within some years of each other. And listen, Desiree, I mean, you know, this. there, there are people that are facing really, really deep grief and you want to talk about something hard, you know, and how God can make good of all that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's something really important that we cover in the book, but we also cover hard things like cheering for someone who gets what you want, like that's really hard and and so it's not yeah i mean right it's yeah, not just it things that yeah it's not just things that happen to us in life that are hard but it's it's things within us that are you know struggles that when we have for instance even just talking about that chapter you know when we've labored for something when we've worked for something or when we really want something and we're the one who's constantly you know, planning the baby shower or, you know, we're the one who has labored really hard and we, we, you know, we feel like we've worked just as hard as them, but they get the work promotion, right? Mm -hmm. How do we overcome those natural feelings of jealousy? And listen, I, the one thing about me is I'm not a denial person. I'm not a person that is a proponent for burying our head in the sand. Like, I feel like the church needs to be stepping forward and having these hard conversations. Like this is really important. And uh, so I think we should talk about what do we do with those jealous feelings that are very real for all of us instead of saying to women, well just don't be jealous, just, yeah, just cheer for each other. Putting
0: that label on Christians as though we're just perfectly shine bright like right. which no, as you have seen throughout history that's what uh, Christian's a bad name is when we fall, but we're human. And so it needs to be talked about. Like,
1: yeah,
0: we, we go through things that everybody goes through, but yeah, it's supposed to be like, Oh, why don't, I don't feel, I never feel those feelings, you know?
1: Right. And
0: that's, I think a really bad message for, for everyone. But I mean, especially women, when we're just trying to navigate our feelings, which I love that you talk about feelings in the book too. Like, Mm -hmm. I could relate to that. I'm like the difference between the what was it managed feelings first your yes. bossy emotions. Yes. Oh, I can't. And I, <laughs> I can't wait to read more on that because I feel like that's just a natural struggle within everyone.
1: Well, I'm glad you brought that up too because here's the thing: historically, I think the church hasn't handled um, feelings that well. So it's been more like, hey. You know, don't worry about your feelings, just believe or just accept this or whatever. And because of that, you know, we have sort of swung the pendulum the other way where it's like, you know, whatever you feel or whatever you think, just say it. But what the problem with that is, then if you're like me, you have to carry literally a mop around with you to mop up after all the, the like emotions that have gotten out of control that you then have to regret And I don't want to live like that. And I, I, listen, I can get very feisty. So for me, I, you probably don't have to mop up as often as me, but I have to mop up a lot. Yeah.
0: Emotions in there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's to our benefit to have those be in a place that are more managed and, um, and we just live better and it it just works better because the truth is with life being hard, we're going to have feelings that come up. We're going to have emotions that come up. But what would it be like to live where we don't then take them to social media and just, you know, vomit them on social media to when we later are like, wow, I should really have thought that through before I made that comment. You know, none of us want to live like that.
0: No, not at all. So what exactly do you mean? What exactly makes the difference between managed feelings and bossy emotions?
1: Well, I mean, listen, I have to tell you, and I'm just saying, for me, faith informs everything in my life. So for me... I believe that those emotions become, since they were God-given, we we were created by a creator who gave us emotions or we would live as robots and we don't. So those are God-given, right? So if they're God-given, then he knows the way they best work, which means they're controlled best when they're under his control. And so um, I believe that uh, that is the way that we do that. And also in the book, I do give practical things like, Hey, because there's a chapter called showing up when you want to shut down. So it, and I give a story in the opening about a moment where I really wanted to shut down. I'm not a proponent for stuffing those feelings or saying, don't feel those. When you have a moment where your body is shutting down, your upper lip is sweating, your, you know, your hands are clammy or whatever you're, however you um, show it in your body. Yeah. But what I am saying is there is a way to defer those feelings till even later that night where you can go to your bed and you can cry, you can pray, you can do whatever you can go to a counselor's office and process them properly. And those are the ways that I think we live with a far less regret.
0: Yeah. I think so too. I think too, like, like you said, it's taking it to God first because he yeah. knows why you're feeling those things. It can be triggers right. from like your past triggers from, childhood. And he can show yeah. you those areas. No other person is going to be able to properly or accurate, accurately tell you what you're feeling. If you're unsure right. of just feeling like irrational, you know? So it's, yeah, taking it to God. And I think even in the past year, I think I've even learned to like take my thoughts captive each and every single day because yes, I'm a very sensitive person. And so sometimes I have to realize where, why I'm, Feeling something, yes. because a lot of times it's not the reason I think, you know, it's always something else. Um, but yeah. discerning learning that through the word and discerning that through prayer is so important. So that's why I yeah. love all of that you do. It's because it's Jesus over everything. It's showing mm-hmm. up for God when you're, you don't want to show up, you want to shut down. So it's yep. a very important book. I'm glad you wrote it. <laughs> um,
1: Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. But I also love the other chapter you talked about, like showing up when you want to shut down, because that's also, Yeah, I think that's also dealing with grief and it's also dealing with just everything. Life. I mean, life has been heavy the past couple of years. Forever. Yes. Because of life
1: has been so heavy. No, it's been heavy, you know, I think too, for, you know, a lot of this, you know, even though the pandemic has been so heavy and quarantine and all those kinds of things and all the, you know, um, the, 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 the world and how it feels, you know, just, just heavy in general, but, you know, and I'm sure you're in the same place, I I hear from people all the time that they have other tragedies that happen all the time. I mean, like for them, you know, they can recall a loss they had 10 years ago and they think, you know, life was hard back then, or I was dealing with that back then. And so, you know, I think grief informs everything. It's like, you know, every chapter has a little bit of something that we, we live with that's, that feels like a grief, even, you know, accepting something that you wish were different. Right. We always, there's a a grief over, you know, even something we wish that we could have, we could redo, you know, we wish we could redo a relationship that's gone wrong or whatever. Um, I think for me, so much of my life, honestly, Desiree has been like, you know, not living in a place of what if or regret or rehashing something and say, oh, if I could only go back and do that, I would do it differently. And I think there's a lot of people who feel that way. So, you know, this, I wrote that this for them as well.
0: Yeah. So what would you say? Because the hard good is actually overcoming the hard to, Mm -hmm. uh, to come to a place of good. But so often people get stuck and they, They dwell or life is never going to be the same. What would you say to those people who do feel like the hard good isn't for me? You know, like, I I just want to sit in the hard right now. I don't, there's not going to be good.
1: Well, I would say, first of all, I don't judge you because I have been in that place where I just wanted to sit in it. Um, Maybe your grief is fresh. Um, I honor that. And um, I know that sometimes it takes some time. When you're ready, I will tell you that um, one of the things that's been really important for me is what I kind of just talked about, which is looking at what are my stifling what ifs, and that is usually they're centered around three things what if I what if they, what if God, and it's, it's those things where we say, you know, what if I had, or what if I hadn't, or what if they had, or what if they hadn't, or what if God, you know, and it's moving from those places to what is, what is now, you know, what remains. And, you know, here's, here's the beauty is like, you know, God can do so much with what is, with what is now. And, that's one of the things about the hard good is if it were just hard, if, if if life were just hard, and this is the promise of God, this is the promise of heaven, this is the promise that I've banked my entire life on, this is why faith to me is everything because with God, I don't have to just look at my life and say, it's just hard and it can't ever matter. Or it's, it just has to be good. And I have to create my own good life, which is exhausting. And also I can't keep up with someone else who's doing it better than me, honestly. (laughs) It's like with God, it can be hard. What is hard can be good because it can be redeemable. And um, I love that he's able to do that, even though I can't in and of myself, he can. And so I would say, I understand. But when you're ready, uh, there's really great hope and promise in the fact that um, God is the great redeemer. And it says in Romans 5, 5, he's the hope that will not disappoint. And so I hope you'll, I hope you'll think about that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, hope is the reason for this podcast. Um, Hope is everything to me. It's everything that's gotten me through tough times, but it was the hope in knowing that God had a better plan in store that what I was going through wasn't going to be constant. And I think that's what's so great about faith and, and believing Mm -hmm. in something so much more than what we can even comprehend or what we are living in. Um, So I really love that. And great reminder of Romans five. He's our, there's always, vict- God is victory. We're, we're not going to be defeated. Although in times we often feel defeated, even like you said, not getting the job or not getting yeah. the boyfriend or all, th- all of those sorts of things. I think we are constantly feeling defeated, but a lot wow. of that comes from comparison and social media <laughs>
1: because yes. it's,
0: like, it's like, we feel, why do we feel defeated? Uh, because I'm comparing myself to so-and-so and yes, I don't know it's just, it's just crazy.
1: <laughs> right. I don't even know. It's a, it's a, it's a difficult, we live in a difficult world and maneuvering it is hard. You know, it really is. I mean, I, for la I know I've said the word hard 6,000 times, but <laughs> yeah. the reality is, I mean, what, what better word is there? It really I is. I mean,
0: waking up is hard.
1: So. <laughs> it, it is. I mean, listen, getting out of bed. I, it, it really is. Yeah, it's uh, true. Is there,
0: yeah. Is there anything you're doing now that is hard, but you know, you know, God is going to redeem or restore.
1: Oh my goodness. Yes. I mean, writing um, books is hard. I will say having well, kids writing, is hard. <laughs> uh, all of those things. But you know what? I'll tell you the truth. Chapter 10 of this book is for me. And I didn't even realize it when I was writing it. Chapter uh-huh. 10 is called Embracing Change. And I will tell you right now in my life. Um, My life has everything has changed pretty much from my actual zip code to my body, to uh, my kids, um, my season of life right now. Everything's changed. And so, um, you know, I think, you know, I really, really have such a tender spot for, uh, it, people that are in the middle of change. And, um, I think in some yeah. ways that's all of us because the, the pandemic changed us all so, so, so profoundly, but, uh, you know, I just, I just really am walking a different road than I ever have before. And it changes so, so hard. And it's, it's such an important piece. And actually it's one of the most important pieces with the hard good, because everything that we even talk about in the book requires an element of willingness to change and the understanding that on the other side of change is always freedom. And how much do we really want to be free? Yeah. Um, that's how much we're willing to actually step foot into some type of change. Cause it's always required on some level. It
0: is. And also change is typically stepping out of your comfort zone. And mm-hmm. in my case, I mean, every time I've stepped out, if I step out in faith, I mean, it opens doors to the impossible. So yeah. I, I just didn't encourage anyone in change. I, I mean, I, I was just in change. I feel like I'm always in change of like yeah. up, business, right. change, marriage, friendships, family, like yeah. there's always something changing. Um, yeah. but that also reminds me of like in the waiting. Cause I actually know a lot, of, I'm in a season of waiting for some things, and also my friends are also very much in these waiting periods of where we know God wants us but it's like he's preparing us but um you also write about finding joy in the waiting mm-hmm. and um what moments in life kind of have brought you to find the joy or how can people find that joy
1: while yeah, in
0: it, a season of waiting
1: yeah that's you know waiting is so hard and again you know i think it's, it's sometimes we <laughs> You know, we had this sort of idea of, you know, well, what's harder on the scale, whatever. But, you know, in the reality of life, most people, when you talk to them, they'll say waiting is mm-hmm. one of the hardest things they have to do. It really, really truly is. Because when you're waiting on something that you desperately want or you think you need or whatever the case may be, and a lot of times those morph into each other, um, it, it's really, really tough. And, you know, I I think a lot of our waiting, our issues with waiting are in the things that we imagine to be true. We imagine that God is never going to come through for us. We imagine that we'll never be happy if this does or doesn't happen. And we fill in a lot of our blanks. And the reality is we just don't know. And so I talk about some important things that I have learned um, in the process of my own waiting, which is, you know, don't wait until, which is really important. You know, don't wait until whatever happens to live your life. And then also, you know, don't worry too early. And that's something that my daughter and I've been working on together. My daughter is about to go to college and she and I, um, both have a, this kind of thing where we tend to we we, i realized this year and i saw it in her and then i realized it in me. like sometimes you see in your (laughs) own child yes you see reflected back and i realized that she and i worry about things too early things Mm. that may or may never happen and um, when you're waiting and you're in a period of waiting often in that gap time you are worrying and what sometimes we just, we invest in worrying too early about things that never even come to be. Yeah, so,
0: and then that creates fear and it creates yeah. anxiety. And none of that is what God wants us to feel. And there's, there's purpose in waiting, but like you said, I'm all, I, it's not, not about waiting, like sitting there just, oh God here. I'm, I'm right here. Just waiting it's like right. you have to have action and faith in action right and i think too often right. we then take it into our own hands if it's taken too long mm-hmm. and then that be that creates striving and stress and then it's not even going the path god wants us and then we got to go back to point a to get to do it all over again but it's absolutely just constant, it's a constant you know marathon this life but yeah absolutely like, i
1: talk about it I talk about impatience leads to mistakes in that chapter because I, every time that I've been impatient, when I've been waiting, oh my word, Desiree, it's like <laughs> just so many mistakes.
0: It's yeah. so true. It's because we take it into our own hands and we're like, mm-hmm. I think I can do it. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> I, I, I don't know what God wants right now. I know he said this, but you know. I'm capable Uh, but yeah that's so good so what are you able to say what your next book is going to be about
1: actually I have not even announced it yet um we are not we can wait we will wait patiently (laughs) Well, I'll tell you this. This is an exclusive. It's about God that I can tell. Oh, okay. (laughs) Shocker! Yeah, (laughs) no. Um, But I'm really excited about it. It will dive deeper into. It will follow the trajectory too. What's been cool is after Jesus over everything in the book, Jesus over everything. I write one sentence, and here's the sentence. The sentence is it's actually a question. It was what if, what if you haven't known the good stuff because you haven't been able. Because you haven't sat with God through the uncomfortable process to get you there, and that informed the book, the hard good. And there are some threads in the hard good if you read it closely that will inform the next book. So I'm really excited about that.
0: Nice, I love that. I like when it's like a a three package deal, (laughs) a little
1: bit of a trilogy. Yeah, trilogy. (laughs) Yeah, that's
0: so good. I love that. Well, what is like the overall takeaway that you want people? to, to get from this,
1: Mm.
0: you know, like, I know that's hard because there's like 10 different things, but
1: yeah, what's the
0: overall hope for this book?
1: Mm. Oh, my hope is that people will be able to see good again, Mm. um, that they will be able to believe that, uh, with God, they can, uh, actually have their hard things in life matter And that those things can be really powerfully used to help other people to um, make their life even richer. And um, yeah, that's, that's, that's a hope that I really have for the book.
0: That's awesome. Well, um, the podcast is Heart of Purpose podcast because it's hard to have a heart of purpose every day equals hope. Mm. And Mm. so how do you live each day with that heart of purpose instilled, you know, in hope?
1: Mm. Wow, my heart of purpose is really to do what God had in mind mm-hmm. when He created this feisty work in progress <laughs> called Lisa. I, I I honestly don't know <laughs> don't know what in the world. Um, sometimes this girl could. Could be here for, but I, I tell you, I, sometimes I see the fruit and I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the children and I'm grateful for the lives I've been able to touch. Certainly not as many as some, and certainly more than some, but I'm just grateful to be able to be here. And I really do want to live out the purpose that He had in mind when He created me, like I hope for all of your listeners.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. How can people get the book and all your other seven books um, (laughs) and follow along on social media and also check out the podcast?
1: All the yeah, things. yeah, they can really find all of it at com. I mean, we just made it easy. Yeah, we've got free stuff there. We've got the books there, And especially the hard good, which of course yeah. I want you to get. We've got the Bible studies, if you like Bible studies. And uh, we've got one for this one, Angie's over everything, video Bible studies. We've got the podcast stuff, speaking stuff, and you can take a quiz to find out if you're what emotion might be bossing you right now. So oh. you can look at that. Free quiz.
0: Great. I like that. And yeah. then for your Bible studies, because I do get a lot of people asking for like yeah. recommendations on Bible studies, what yeah. do entail? How many weeks and can they just get it online?
1: Yep. It's there's six weeks. So both Jesus over everything and the hard good are six week Bible studies. They have a curriculum piece and they have a, um, they have videos for me. So I've, I'm teaching and they're mm-hmm. about, they're all under about 20 minutes. So I'm teaching and, and I'm also got the curriculum to follow along. You don't have to buy the book, um, to go along with it, but it's recommended because obviously those three things go together really well, but, um, oh, I'm so excited about this study and the Jesus over everything study as well. So check those out. You can always, you can see a lot of the little pieces of it, watch the trailer and so forth. If you go to the website. Yeah.
0: Sounds great. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm just right. so excited to see what God does in you and All the books that you write, (laughs) I'm here for it. So thank you so much. Thanks, friend.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Well, Lisa's charisma and personality just shines through. And I just hope she brought so much joy to your life today. Like she did mine when I was speaking with her. And I just love going through the episodes again to really fill myself with so much encouragement. Um, I want to remind you of my newest series, my Ignite series, that is happening every Thursday. Tune in. We just started last week, and the next episode will be launching this Thursday. It is to kind of be listened to as a series, as a study. You can head to DesireeSigfried.com in the podcast notes each week to download a guide with some prompts and some affirmation cards, a prayer card to download, print off, and affirm yourself each and every day, every week. There's gonna be encouragement, email, so make sure you are signed up for the newsletter because there, there will be encouraging emails sent each and every week and I just love you guys I love this community I love the ability to speak truth and faith and bring such encouraging messages to you so thank you so much for listening And I just want to leave you with a really uplifting prayer. So dear Heavenly Father, we just pray over everyone listening right now. We pray over their day. We pray that you cover them with happiness and joy and lift them up where they are and bring them out of their tough situations and show them the path that you want them to be on, Father God. We pray for you to guide them right now with clarity and just with so much strength. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this fellowship and we just love you, Lord, so very much. Thank you guys and have a great, great day.